you know, Landon, life is good, man. Here at the arcade, you know, it's, it's kind of a slow day today, but you know what? Everything's good. What do you think, man? I gotta agree with you. The weather's nice. It's a beautiful day outside. Birds are chirping. Got a got a nice cold glass of lemonade here. Just taking it easy, you know. Taking it easy for once with no crazy shenanigans happens. Kind of refreshing. I know. No moderate carnage. No. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, what were some of the other villains we've run over or run Gore. across in the last few years? Oh, Willie Gore. Yeah. Yeah. Shred Willier. He was. Uh, oh no, that was on Turtle Flakes. Dar- <laughs> Darth Willie. <laughs> Darth Willie, the collector. Yes, yes. And, and uh, oh, man, there were some others, too. Um, of course, the Ottawa Sentinels. Oh, man, you got to watch out for those Ottawa Sentinels. <laughs> They're bad news, I hear. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, you know what? Ten years of just some crazy shenanigans, and today is one of those days where it's just good to be here at the arcade. What do you think, man? I got to agree. I got to agree. It's kind of nice to just sit back and relax. I wouldn't want to run this arcade with anyone else, buddy. And welcome to another episode of the Retro Junkie Super Show. I am your host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is my main man, my partner in retro gaming crime, Mr. Landon Long. How are you, Hosehead? Hey, man, doing pretty good. Uh, just just enjoying this nice weather we've got here today. How about you? Oh, man, it's about the same, buddy. You know, we're here at the arcade. It's a beautiful, beautiful spring day. Hey, spring's here as we're recording this, and mm-hmm. uh, man, Life is good. Uh, actually, I, this is my first day of uh, spring break. Hey, eh? I don't have to work anymore except for Look here at, at the ar- arcade. Look at you! You're you're living the life, man. That's right. That's right. I'm gonna be uh, you know hanging out with you at uh, your place here in a couple of days. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, oh lord! <laughs> gonna be gonna be crazy. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get in some shenanigans. We're not we're not too crazy. Not anymore. No, no. Basically, the last time, I, holy cow! I think the last time we hung out, we played Toilet Kids. That feels like a long time ago. But that does feel like a long time ago. And you know what? That was some wild sh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that, that see that day we we played Toilet Kids. That was the first game we played. We played some fishing games. I think we played some hockey games. And I know we watched the Beavis and Butthead movie, the new one. Oh, <laughs> excuse us. We have white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> That was a the, man. That felt like oh, that's a long time ago. I'm glad. I'm glad we're hanging again. That'll, that'll I know, be fun. Me too. It's been a long time. It, it sure. It sure has, buddy. So, guys, um, you know, today we are discussing a favorite of ours. We've been talking about doing this episode for quite some time, and now we can finally, finally talk about it. It's one that I think you and I always mentioned over the years. And it is the classic uh, Disney movie, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, came out in 2012, right around the time that we started really seriously thinking about doing a podcast. And uh, super excited to talk about the, the movie here in a minute. But I figured before we get into anything, first of all, I got asked a traditional question. Have you been up to anything retro lately, Jose? Not a whole lot. We've, we've kind of been out of the house a lot, and I've not had a whole lot of time to play a whole lot of retro games. I've played the Switch a little bit, just the NES and the SNES like online stream service, but it's really just been ice hockey on that for the NES. Oh, it's a great one. I was like the um of course now I've got a an official pixel art sprite of the goalie on the 
Zamboni, but I always love that scene <laughs> where they just kind of go through the ice and everything real quick. Um, <laughs> see, I was I was always one I would try to have a balanced team. I'd get a couple of fast guys, a couple of medium guys, and, and a, a couple of the, the big bruisers, eh? The enforcers. Yeah, exactly. Now, my question to you on that is, what would you consider hard mode on that? Like, what team... Kim, what team makeup would make you think that would be a hard mode? Would it be all skinny guys, all fat guys, or all kind of balanced guys? Ah, oh, man, that's a good question. I feel like the skinny guys, they're great, but as soon as they run into those big guys, they're done. You know, oh, and, and they don't even, have a they don't have a fast shot. So, or even the medium guys, like the medium guys, can like really push the the skinny guys around. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let me ask you about that too. Quick side note. So, when you get in a fight in the game, does it really matter? Is it always even? Like one of your players and one of their players are sent to the box, or is it just luck of the draw? Maybe one player will be sent, but the other ones aren't. I think it's just luck of the draw because I have had power play goals on that game. Yeah, I think you're right because I was like, how do they ever decide that? I don't, I don't know how they decide. Yes, Nintendo. They didn't care. I'm sure there's <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say, I'm sure there's like some method or some kind of formula to figure out who's gonna go, but like it always seems like it's just random because like sometimes I'll be bringing the puck up and they'll harass me and then a fight will break out, and sometimes they'll be bringing it up and I'll do the same to them and then a fight will break out, but like it's never consistent on who goes. No, no, I I, I agree with you. Yeah, so it's kind of like the draw there. And I wonder if it goes like based on score, too. Uh, who knows? I don't know, because it, it, you'd think it would probably favor the like the team that's ahead would lose the player to the penalty box, but it, it doesn't right, always go that way. No, no. It's just luck of the draw, eh? Speaking of, I think in the last episode we were talking about confessions that we're embarrassed about as, as oh, gamers. Oh, man, now that this was is a good a, segment. That was fun. That was kind of a spur of the moment thing, kind of, kind of like this. <laughs> exactly. We're all spur of the moment. Come on now. I know. We know. I mean, we took notes for this episode, but like, we're going to go all over the place. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so I was going to say this. I have never seen a Blades of Steel arcade cabinet in person. I've I've seen pictures of them. I know what they look like, but mm-hmm. I've never seen one in person. So I've never played the arcade version of it. What about you? I, I've also never seen the arcade version of that or Double Dribble. Ooh, I don't think I have either. Yeah. I've never seen an arcade double dribble, and I've never seen an arcade arch rivals either. I don't think I don't yeah, the pinball museum didn't have that. I don't I don't blame I don't think. I don't think so. Like Arch Rivals is the kind of the precursor to NBA Jam. But like mm. it apparently was an arcade game first, but I've never seen one of those cabinets like anywhere. Mm-mm. No. I'm pretty sure that Oh shoot! I think it was the pinball museum or somewhere. I think I've seen a tapper uh, machine, but I never seen a root beer tapper machine. Never seen one of those. No. Uh, I wonder which one's more rare. Honestly, I don't know. I would say probably probably tapper because of like the Budweiser branding and everything. In right. It. That's true. I mean, I know the t- the first tapper it, it came out first, and hey, tapper's referenced in Wrecked Ralph, so you know there you go. There's oh a yeah, connection there. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyways, so sorry about that tangent, but um, oh, no. you know what I was thinking too while we were talking about that is how cool would it have been if NHL '94 had its own arcade cabinet? The question with the NHL '94 cabinet is: Is it a two-player cabinet or a four-player? Oh, it's got to be four-player. Could you yeah, imagine? It's got oh. to be four-player. 
Yeah, because they had the uh, remember the the Sega had the adapter too with the four players. Yeah, you, you could, could do play. the 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 split. Yeah. Oh, so cool, so cool. That would be awesome. Oh, just slightly upgraded graphics than than the Sega. Oh, it'd be wonderful. It'd be like the Sega CD version or something. Oh, that Sega CD version is apparently really awesome. And you know, I can never get that to play. Like I've got a a ROM of it, and I can never get that to play for some reason. It always messes up. Ah. Oh. Well, gosh, I remember the intro and the music, and it was really good. So, oh man, that's a it's a beauty, eh? That's a good. That's a good game. That's still a great game to this day. Oh man, still play it. Amen. As a matter of fact, the NHL twenty three or it was either twenty two or twenty three. They did a ninety four uh, rewind game where they had updated all the rosters to like the current year of NHL, mm-hmm. but it was still the NHL ninety four controls. Super fun. I've, I play that on the Xbox Series X uh, Game Pass. It's still on there, so it's super fun. Oh, nice. Uh, Oh man, I love it. Uh, it's How's that Xbox? Fun. But they Do you ha- like that? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love the Game Pass uh, system. I know there's a way you can do game share. I don't know how to do it, but it's really cool. It's kind of like Netflix for gaming. And oh, nice. um, I pay, I think it's 11 bucks a month for it, but it's worth it in my opinion. I've, that's how I found out about Dragon Quest, I think 13, which I'm loving, by the way. My wife and I, we set up a new farm. Uh, and started Valley, <laughs> which is on there. <laughs> I think I mentioned that in the last episode, and and I think there's oh a lot of the Resident Evil games are on there. Um, oh, and oh, and another one. I know this is modern, but um, I'm finally back into the Walking Dead series. I'm finishing up the the New Frontier, which has been great and stressful at the same time. I forgot how stressful those games were because no matter what decision <laughs> you make, somebody's gonna end up dying. And what happens when you like both characters? <laughs> so, she's like, I'll slip it's a, not slip easy. quarter. <laughs> yeah, right. And then no matter what you do, you're like, ah, oh, I should have done that this way. No matter what. You never feel satisfied in a Telltale game. You're like, oh, oh I could have done better. But that's a sign of a good game, though, where you kind of are like, man, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I had to save so-and-so. Yeah, a lot of times you think you're making the right decision, and it turns out like everyone dies because of the one thing you thought you were doing right. You're like, ah, oh, of course. <laughs> like, I should have just killed them all. Yeah. Should have just killed everybody. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I'm such a softie in those games. Even even in fictional games. Oh, here's another one like The Old Republic, right? Where you yeah. your decisions would dis- would determine whether you're, you know, on the light or you're or on the dark side. Even in the fictional games, I always want to be a good guy. I don't know why. I'm like I can't I can't hurt that guy's feelings. Oh. Right? I, I don't want to I don't want to kill that guy. <laughs> I'm going to let him live. I'm always morally gray. Like I'm never completely good, but I'm never completely bad evil. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I, I kind of like the smuggler. Exactly. I kind of just you know whoever's going to pay me the most and give me the best weapons and armor and stuff. That's what I'll do. Oh yeah, you're kind of more like the mercenary. I, I respect that. Yeah. It's like Boba Fett. You know, I've got my code of honor. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And, uh, you know, I guess this is kind of retro-related. I have been playing or uh, rereading the Han Solo trilogy, and I love in The Hut Gambit when Han Solo mm. runs into Boba Fett there. And you were talking about the Code of Ar- uh, Honor. Definitely mentions that in that book. Um, so anyways, if, if anyone listening has not read the A.C. Crispin Han Solo trilogy from the 90s, do it. It is, it's to the, do it. Do it now. Do because it now. Because it is, to this day, still my favorite trilogy um for any star wars book that i've read i've read a lot of them not as much as our good buddy stout but i've read i've read quite a few (laughs) and nothing tops han solo (laughs) so far 
consoles have taken over the world. Yeah, pogs too. You know, it's it's like although home consoles can outdo most arcade games, there's something special about gathering around an arcade machine. You know? Yeah, seriously, like you know, you go and people root you on. You get to show off your high score to everyone to see. Get to hang out with your friends outside the house. And with those high scores, you get all the babes. Good point. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Still, Rob tosses the Zelda-like whistle back and forth in his hands, looking a bit depressed. It was kind of cool to see 1993 again. I'm not sure I want to go just yet. Okay, Rob, I want you to take a look. There, like a demon silhouetting the barren city, hangs a poster for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, now in theaters. Okay, we're going, we're going! Oh, man! Holy cow, that was crazy! Yeah, that was a little insane. Yeah. Fun! Yeah, but insane. it was pretty fun, it was pretty fun. It was totally rad, but man, I'm glad to be back in 2013, man. Back in time, must have lost my mind Dug a lot of things and now I wonder why Furbies were in, Power Rangers too Rocked my neon shirt with my light-up shoes Collected the pogs, had a yo-yo too Fed my Giga Pet, caught my Pikachu There's one thing I miss that's the Saturdays Spending my allowance at the local arcades When did my arcades go by? My arcades When did my arcades go by? But yeah, man, before we get into Wreck-It Ralph, uh, I thought it'd be cool if we kind of just have a little candid conversation about the show because or our podcast because uh, Len and I were just talking about this right before we hit the record button that we have hit ten years of podcasting, which is really cool. Uh, technically, I guess you could argue our very very first episode was late 2012, but I always go back to episode four. Episode four is one of my personal favorite episodes ever. And and it's because I think Landon and I tried to do something unique. If if I'm remembering correctly, it's four and five where we started doing skits with our, yeah. our show. And I and I loved doing that. I loved creating something um, that was really really tongue in cheek, really really cheesy, nothing too super over the top um, or long or you know elaborate. But I don't know. I just feel like that set the tone for what we would end up doing for the next 10 years. So anyways, going all the way back to March 17th of 2013, that was our 80s arcade episode. And uh, yeah, I mean, 10 years that we've been doing this. So first of all, man, before we get too um, deep in the weeds with this, you know, what do you think about doing this 10 years later, man? It, it's definitely it's evolved a lot. Like I can remember, <laughs> I can remember like when we first started, how we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then we got to it and we're like, Oh man, we can't do that. We, that takes too much time. <laughs> that production on that's horrible. Oh my gosh. That's so difficult to do. Like we've had to go back and retool it several times because of that. Yeah. And you know, that, that the thing that I've kind of learned about it is, 
things stay the same, but they change too. It's it's weird mm-hmm. because like, you know, we we still have big ideas and we still have these big plans and 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 thoughts about things, but it's like we're more efficient about how we go about doing it now. Like we're very efficient. We don't waste a whole lot of time. We don't have a whole lot of you know, cuts that we have to make or a whole lot of edits that have to be done. It's like it, it, we've learned to become efficient and just kind of not have so much, for be- for lack of a better word, bull, you know, in the, in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I, I completely agree. One thing I've always been impressed with with you, Landon, is you make it so easy. Like, you... you <laughs> vers- I, I edited yeah, I think I said that right. Edited every single edited. one of these I like episodes. Edited better. Yeah, yeah, right. I edited every single one of these episodes, at least most of them that that I was a part of, and I would always cut ninety percent of the stuff. I would cut was my own stuff, and I know early on I can't listen to the early episodes. I can't, and it has Dude, nothing to do with you. You're worst critic, though. You're great. You you you're you're hard on yourself. You're so hard on yourself. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, man. Those early episodes, I would do a lot of rambling or, you know, nervous laughter and stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> little things that I, maybe I only I would notice that, that – well, actually, I'm sure other people probably noticed as well. <laughs> but but there were some gems even in the early stuff. And, and one thing I loved about the early days was it was so exciting. It was so oh, it was. exciting because – yeah, we would just we were always talking about games anyway. And when we started doing the videos uh, in 2012, Lord, 2012, <laughs> uh, it was just so fun just to get something out there. And people at, in the early days kind of we we built like maybe a very small audience, but it was really fun to have other people actually like what we were doing. And then I remember in late 2012, we did episode one, and we started talking about some of our favorite games and memories. And um, eventually, I think we would do the 80s arcades and 90s arcades. Now, I remember the early days. So uh, once again, I, I don't think I've ever shared this on the show. I kind of wanted to give just a brief overview of what was going on in my life at the time. So in March of 2013, we were still in North Carolina, and no kids were in the picture for either one of us, I don't think, at that point. Uh, we were yet. pregnant. We were pregnant. We were... That early? Wow. April, May, June, June 2013 was when the kiddo came. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I just I looked at, like, 2013 was, like, the golden era of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, I'll t- and I'll tell you why. It's like, I look back, I'm flipping through my phone right now at some of these episodes. I remember every single one of these talking about these. I just remember, for me, on my end, I don't, I don't, how do I say this without sounding pretentious? I just, I don't remember ever hearing a podcast um, that, okay, let me put it this way. Here was my mission. Our podcast didn't sound like anyone else's. And I don't say that, yeah, right. And I don't say that to be like, oh, we were so great because we weren't. We had like no audience at all. We had maybe 20, 30 listeners, who knows? Dude, as Bobby <laughs> but, Heenan would say, we were ham and eggers. We were ham and eggers, still are, right? Uh, Basically. <laughs> I think what I think what I'm trying to say is like, I think two huge influences uh, for me were the Retro League, which they did a really good job of covering retro content, and it was very kind of, you know, strictly about the games and, and new gaming news and things like that. But I think another big influence on us was the Angry Video Game Nerd. 
and oh, yeah. we were always watching always watching his videos and i think we tried to combine a little bit and i know for me i found out very early on there is no way i can outdo the retro league or or outdo any fancy youtube show that that has the latest news all the time there's no way we can keep up with that so why don't we create the best show that we can create and that was just being goofy being ourselves and writing songs and writing skits and throwing everything in there and just seeing what sticks so the early the early days i'm looking at zombies ate my neighbors we did a skit with that oh, that was a, that was such a good that was a fun show Kool-Aid Man was another fun show. I loved Kool-Aid Man. Kool-Aid Man. Yes, yes. A Skater Die. I remember that one. Um, I drank I love so the much episodes. Kool- I drank so much Kool-Aid for Kool-Aid Man, man. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I thought my wife was going to kill me. She's like, why have you got so much Kool-Aid? I'm like, it's research for the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, of course, Donkey Kong Jr. So late late 2013. So this is when year, yeah, Lola was born at this point. Yeah. And already... Even in the early days, our recording schedule was always a little bit off. Um, and then in 2014, I'm looking here, we did Castlevania, Super Star Wars, and a Retro Junkies Thanksgiving. So we only did three episodes in 2014. But to be fair about 2014, we were both writing for retro ga- for the Retro Gaming Times, too, during that time. So we were, we were splitting time between writing articles. Because I remember, like, Super Star Wars, we did a write-up. We did a write-up review for that along with the show. And a lot of that show is just like the audio read of that write-up because it's like <laughs> we've said everything we can in a in, in you know written form. This is just the audio book of it. Right, right. You're you're exactly right. I kind of forgot about that, but you're exactly right. Um, so you know that was at least kind of a slow one for the show. And then I remember in my life at that point, my wife's in grad school. And we're already talking about moving to Tennessee um, because she really wanted to get something around Knoxville um, Mm -hmm. with her speech therapy position. So, and then right around that same time, so we moved to Tennessee in 20, I guess it was 2014. And we did some pretty fun episodes. I remember the Killer's Instinct episode in 2015, Batman. I love your, your, <laughs> yeah, I loved your um, let's plays um, that you did. Your landing plays. You know, my daughter found those let's plays on YouTube. She searched oh, yeah? me on YouTube, and that came up. And she's like, "Dad, those were awesome." I'm like, "No, they weren't. They were me <laughs> with a with a with a video camera, just like being goofy." I said, "That's all that was." And she's like, "Well, why don't you guys make more videos?" I'm like, "Do you know how hard it is to make videos that are like quality?" She's like, but you guys, yeah. She's like, but you guys were so good, and I know my kids my age would love it. I said, but Lola said, here's the thing: me and Rob don't have like three days a week that we can just dedicate to doing this. Like we've got jobs and families and responsibilities that we have to do. Like if we (laughs) if we were to do those videos how we wanted to do them, we would have to have like this would have to be our full time job. And she's oh, like, absolutely. yeah, I guess that yes. makes sense. I guess that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, but there's some gems out there. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like some of those old where me and Rob are just sitting on a couch playing a game and like video and our conversation and ourselves. So those are some of the best YouTube videos you will ever find. <laughs> and she they laughed. Were just so fun. I do hold some, I do hold something and I'm very proud of this. I am one, the, when I was doing the game reviews, just kind of me by myself. I am one of the few people who ever reviewed Super Black Bass 3 
on YouTube. I had somebody tell me that in the comments wow. that one day. They're like, man, thanks for doing this. I love this game, but like nobody ever talks about it. And it's such a good game. And I'm like, and I, I think I responded back like, thanks, man. I can't read a lick of Japanese. I just like to catch fish. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's all that really matters in the end. And you were able to catch them. You were able to get through that whole language barrier. The thing that I used to do, and I don't know if anybody noticed this, but like the, when I would review the games, I would try to have something like a prop or dress up like somebody from that game when I reviewed it. Like for the fishing one, I had on like a vest and a fishing pole and a hat. And I was like, I know, I love Super Black Bass 3. And I think there was another one that I dressed up for. The football and there was a one, few right? more. Yeah, I think it was the football one. I had like the mutant league. I think I had like a, <laughs> I had hockey shoulder pads and a football jersey on, basically. <laughs> yeah, those were great. I love those. Uh, and the, so right around that time, you were doing those. Um, so real quick, if I could be candid here, I look at, like I said a minute ago, 2013 was super, it was new, it was exciting. 2014, our consistency kind of dropped off a little bit. 2015 and, and 16, you know, we, we tried to do what we could, but I had to miss some episodes there because Grayson was born um, yeah. in 2015. And, uh, buddy, kids really do change things. Dude, they make it, they make it difficult. Like I remember, and this is just, this is something I don't, I don't think I've ever even told you. Like me and you were, were texting back and forth one day about, uh, show ideas. And we were in a doctor's office with Lola and she kind of, the doctors were kind of worried about her from the ultrasound because she had one kidney that was just slightly larger than the other. And they're like, well, it could, there could be a blockage, there could be this, there could be that. And I remember like texting you ideas for the show while being at a at a urologist appointment with her while she was getting an ultrasound done on her, her on her kidney. And like, I'm kind of glad that I was talking to you because Lori's sitting there crying, like Lola's crying, and I'm sitting there texting you like, Aww. man, let's do this, let's do this. And I'm like, I'm kind of glad that I'm texting him because. I would, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not absent from the moment. I get the, the yeah. severity of it, but like if, if I was watching her having to, to go through the, the ultrasound, like I would be crying too. So I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that we're texting each other and kind of sharing some ideas about things to do. Wow. I, I know. I never knew that. Wow. Yeah. And that, those were the early days, you know, and man, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I kind of. I was, I was getting there because here's what was going on in my life. Um, so to tie it back to what you're saying of how us talking about the show and us doing the show really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, right around 2015, my son was born, but also at the same time, again, our consistency was okay in 2015 um, and 2016. And then we only did one in 2017. So what was happening in my life then is we had moved to Tennessee. Grayson was born. But my dad died that year, uh, and I did not cope well with my dad dying. Um, I, you know, it, without getting too far into the weeds, it just a lot of unhealthy behaviors um, that I would kind of resort to just because I didn't know how to process my dad dying, you know? Yeah. Um, so there would be times where I just, I wasn't feeling it. I was like, I... I don't want to do an episode unless my heart's in it. And I think that's always been the case. That's why that's why this show will never be always so consistent. 
because I'd rather not record an episode if I'm not feeling it, you know. Yeah, I, I exactly. want to give it my best. Yeah, it's it's from the heart, you know. And so long story longer, um, I dropped off for a while. And to fast forward, I mean, you know, look, I'm looking here. We did one episode in 2017, two in 2018, one in 2019. And I think to kind of tie it back to what you were saying, I think by 2019, going into 2020, with the pandemic and everything else that it was going on, I th- for, for me personally, I was like, I miss talking to Landon. I miss creating stuff with Landon. And I remember texting you. I said, man, what do you say we bring this back and and just not put any pressure on ourselves? Let's just have some fun. And you said it right at the beginning of our discussion. I think the difference between now and back in 2013 is we wing it even more than we used to in the sense that like like Landon and I didn't plan this discussion you know Landon no. and I don't plan most of the skits anymore we don't even write most of the skits anymore we just kind of we kind of have a general idea and then we just kind of roll with it and we just kind of go with the moment and it's so much more fun that way <laughs> I'm gonna uh, tell you it, the when you yeah. were taking the break and it was kind of I think it was mm-hmm. me and Nick Stevens and we had Nick DeMarco yeah. come on some as, as, as guest spot and kudos to those guys for carrying the ball while I was Dude, gone. Dude, they stepped up, and they had hor- and I and I apologize to them. They had horrible material to work with because I was a horrible, horrible writer by myself. I remember I wrote a, I tried Aww. to write a Diablo sketch, and it absolutely just tanked. It bombed. It was horrible. God bless Nick and Nick for for trying to make it work and for telling me, no man, it's good, it's good. I'm like, no, it's horrible. It's crap. Don't don't even know. But I remember I did that. I remember I had I tried to edit some, and I got like, oh my gosh, that was. I, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for you for that because editing, I am not an editor. I <laughs> I am horrible at editing. I stink at editing. I put inappropriate noise levels. I I I'm horrible. I, I'm like, you know what? You're not an editor. You're you're just there to to show up and talk and. And and let Rob do the editing because he's great at it. Uh it's kind of you to say, but dude, you could you could do anything you put your mind to, man. Honestly, you, you're the honestly this this show would suck without you. Yeah, <laughs> like well, I feel the same you know, way it's, with it's, you. Like I like the time that you aren't here, I'm like, man, this is fun, but like something's just off. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't feel right. Right. Same. Well, same here, man. Same here. You know and. That, I'm glad you said that because that, that brings me to my final point. Since 2020, Blue Marlin was uh, episode 55, and now we're on episode <laughs> 75. So 20 in the last two years, we've done 20 episodes, which is the most consistent this, this show's ever been, which is a blessing in itself. That's, th- a, that's a newsworthy thing right there. <laughs> <laughs> For us, right? You know, Because you think about it, 10 years, and we're just now getting to 75 episodes. So we're averaging about seven episodes a year, but... Hey, for the last two years, 20 episodes, I'll take it. They've been pretty consistent. (laughs) Oh, man. But to to bring it all home, and this sounds cheesy as all get out, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I think in the last five years, I'll just say that I've kind of had like a life-changing experience happen to me. There were some really dark times when my dad died. But I'll I'll just say this. With my faith and everything, I I really feel like God has kind of pulled me through that, really helped me to be appreciative of what I've got right here, right in front of me. 
And to bring it back to the show, this show was never, ever a super popular show. And guess no. what? It never will be. be. It's never going to be. I mean, Landon and I, we, we kind of laugh at some of the numbers. I'm like, man, you know, we could be playing with slime on YouTube and get like, <laughs> like 10 oh, I million know. views. <laughs> It's like I could I could open up a toy on YouTube and have an unboxing video and get like five million views and right exactly, but I think you know I'm finally in the last couple of years I finally just let that go. I suck at promoting stuff on social media. I I I have a love hate oh, relationship horrible. with social media, so I know that you know this show is never going to be huge. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter to me anymore. I just like doing this with you. We're I like okay. having some yeah, fun. I'm okay with that. I have had more fun in the last two, three years podcasting with you and podcasting with Kirkland than I have ever had in the last 10 years. And I think it's just because I quit putting so much pressure on myself to, you know, make this big. It was never maybe meant to be. And I just, it's good for my soul to do this, you know? You know, you- when we first started, I'm like, man, we're going to make all this money. We're going to be super awesome. And then like the first five or six episodes roll in and you see the numbers and you're like, maybe not. It, it, right. it has been a, it's been a journey kind of, of like self acceptance, I believe for both of us. Like we've both kind of self accepted that we may not be as big as some folks, but we've still got people that listen. We still got people that are, you know, actively engaging us on discord and talking and just having a good time. Like we like to have, you know, we're, we're not going to have millions of followers, millions of fans. And you know what? That's okay. That's all right. It's, it, it's like I always say, it's about uh, quantity, not quality or about quality, not quantity. I'll get that right here in a minute. It's about quality, <laughs> not quantity. I, like you said, I would rather, I would rather put out something that my heart's in and that I have, the utmost faith that yeah we did the best that we could do than just turn out churn out show after show after show after show after show and it not mean a hill of beans yes yes and i think the only equivalent i can say is it's like would you rather have a bunch of kind of mediocre friends or would you rather have you know four or five really close friends and for me, exactly, I would rather have that really close inner circle. And I and I think that's kind of like this podcast. It's like we've got a few listeners that are like really close friends, uh, and that is that is so fun. And just doing this with you, my you know my best yeah. friend, you know, uh, Aww, and, and then doing man, I feel that way about you too. It doesn't <laughs> feel like when me and you aren't doing the show together. Like if it's just one of us doing it or doing something, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's not the same. It's it's like it's it's still fun, but something's missing. Yeah, so you know, and I totally get what Nick Stevens said when he used to do the NES podcast, and I think I maybe selfishly asked, "Hey, can I be a co-host for a couple of episodes?" And he's like, "You can be a special guest, but it'll, I'll, it'll you know." He was saving that co-host spot for his best friend, and I yeah. and I totally relate to that now. It's like it's it wouldn't be a show without you. Uh, it never would. So and same the same thing Nick. with. I- uh, I miss him. I miss everybody. Like the last time I got to talk to everybody was the the cookout we had at your house. Yeah, yeah, the one that um, you know we all got to hang out with. And um, the, the, I know Nick came in not too long ago, and I couldn't hang for that one. Um, and I think you, I think you had work or you had basketball or something. You couldn't make it either. When don't I have uh, basketball? Is the question. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. 
Yeah, man. So, you know, I'll just say this. Final thought of these last 10 years, it's been a journey, but I feel like it's gotten even better over time. Like, I feel like the last two years have been the best years of the show, and mm-hmm. I'm excited for the future. I, I hope, you never know what the future is going to entail, but I hope we're doing this for another 10 years. Who knows what medium we'll be in? This is this has become part of part of me, and uh, you know it's just a way for us to hang out, man. That's all that matters. That's right. I mean, like you said, there's no telling what media might be. We might be on records again in another ten years. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming back again. On vinyl like for the third time. <laughs> Check out all our greatest hits on vinyl. <laughs> on vinyl. Gosh, I wish they would bring them back, like just permanently. Cause you know, well, I won't go down that road. <laughs> but oh, dude, that's a that's a discussion for a whole other show about the quality of vinyl versus all other mediums. Absolutely. I mean, I love just looking at the 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 cases themselves and and the liner notes and everything. But yeah, oh, that's another yeah for another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, well, Hosha, what do you think? We what do you say we uh, go ahead and talk about Wreck It Ralph? What do you think? I think it's a great idea. All right, so this is a five-string guitar, only because I've already snapped my last string. <laughs> this is a updated version of my arcades. Get this busted string out of the way. Looking back in time, never lost my mind Loved a lot of things and now I know why The Furbies were in Power Rangers too Marked my neon shirt and my light up shoes Collected the pogs, had a yo-yo too Fed my Giga pet, caught my Pikachu There's nothing I loved was the Saturdays Spending my allowance at the local arcades Those were the times of my life Arcades Those were the times of my life Arcades Looking back in time Guess I got it right Always playing every single game inside NBA Jam, Street Fighter 2 X-Men for me and Mortal Kombat for you Road Blasters was rad, Miss Pac-Man was sweet But the Ninja Turtle swept me off my feet I never forgot those Saturdays Saving April O'Neil from the local arcades Those were the times of my life those were the times of my life, Marquis. Those were the times of my life, Marquis. Those were the times of my life, Marquis. In this moment in time, can't help but smile. Think I'll play it again. For a little while Only this time it's better It's way more fun Share a seat with my girl To share a seat with my son Hey there Landon Grab a stool my friend Hey there Kirkland Good to see you again 
saving the best seat for my bride These are the best times of my life These are the times of my life That is ten years ago. I'm gonna wreck it! Fix it, Mia! I can fix it! Closing time, last game, everyone out! My name's Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck 30 years I've been doing this. Ah. It starts to feel hard to love your job when no one else seems to like you for doing it. Sure must be nice being the good guy. Nice share, Ralph. As fellow bad guys, we've all felt what you're feeling. I'm Zangief, I'm bad guy. Hi, Zangief. Ralph, you are bad guy. But this does not mean you're bad guy. Zombie, bad guy. Uh, I zombie. I zombie. Zangief saying labels not make you happy. Good, bad. You must love you. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. Ralph abandoned his game. Where's the wrecking guy? Welcome to Game Central Station. Trains for all game destinations now boarding. Everything changes now. Where's Ralph? Stand by, my Kubernetes is a little rusty. Ralph's gone to hero's duty? Get out of this game, buddy! You're game jumping? What's your name? Freaking Ralph. Why are your hands so freakishly big? I don't know. Why are you so freakishly annoying? All right, ladies, the kitten whispers and tickle fights stop now. When did video games become so violent and scary? Are you a hobo? Listen, I try to be nice. You're mimicking You're mimicking me. That is rude. And this conversation is over. All right. All right. So, guys, we are talking about Wreck-It Ralph. So, speaking of, well, this is not even 10 years old. This is 11 years old uh, when, when this came out. I actually didn't see this movie in theaters. What about you? I didn't either. Like, I got it on DVD when it came out on DVD, the first day that it came out on DVD. And Ooh, it nice. quickly became like mine and Lola's go-to movie when she was a little baby. Aww. Oh, so really, she, she, she watched it when she was little, huh? She watched it when she was little, and she's like, I think maybe it was last summer, she watched it like every other day. 
on Disney Plus. And she's and she still watches it on Disney Plus and she's wanting to dress up like some of the characters from the Sugar Russ <gasps> race. She's wanting to dress up like Vanellope for Halloween this year and I'm like, "Hey, I'm cool with that. I'll dress up like Ralph." Oh. That oh, that's great. She, now she are we talking about Princess Vanellope with the dress or the hoodie Vanellope? Hoodie Vanellope and one of her friends wants to dress up like ta- one of her friends wants to dress up like Taffeta, one wants to dress up like Candlehead. <laughs> One wants to dress up like the other racers. Like they all, they like, there's like 10 or 11 of them, and they all want to dress up like a different Sugar Rush character. I love that. We're like adorable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, love, I love them. They're great. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I never saw this in theaters myself. I don't think I even saw it on DVD till many years later. Um, and then eventually when it came out on Disney Plus, I watched it over and over again. And it's become my favorite Disney movie. I mean, of course. It's you know it's got our names written all over with all the arcade stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, but I didn't expect my kids to love it as much as they have, and that's like their go-to movie too. Uh, we have watched it. We have a little tradition in our family, uh, movie Mondays, where we just cut off all mm-hmm. the other electronics or whatever, and and we just plop on the couch and all pick a movie we want to watch. Get some popcorn and candy going. It's super fun. But it, there there isn't a month that goes by we don't watch Ragged Ralph again or Ralph breaks the internet. So. Uh, I like Wreck-It yeah, Ralph a little bit great, better than Ralph Breaks one. the Internet, but Ralph Breaks the Internet's a good one too. Yeah, I love I I, I love browse, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I'm with you though. I, out of the two, I prefer this one because this one's a little bit more arcade centered. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I would love to talk about that one one day uh, too. And I was going to ask you if they made a third one, uh, what it'll be about. So be thinking about that as we were oh as gosh. we review this one, man. <laughs> So, um, so this one here, it released way back in November 2nd of 2012. The budget for the movie was $165 million and the box office uh, revenue for it was $496.5 million. So this was a Ooh. hit. Um, and I remember the early days of us podcasting about this. Uh, I remember a lot of other podcasts talking about it. And I felt a little bit out of the loop because I hadn't seen it yet. Um, but, yeah. So... To, this was directed by Rich Moore. The screenplay was done by Phil Johnston and Jennifer Lee. So I will go ahead and maybe start off summing it up, and we'll just kind of yeah, trudge right through it, man. So so this one here, super fun movie. Um, it's one of those movies that it's just a feel-good movie, and mm-hmm. it, it, pick, it picks up hitting the ground running. It's setting the tone right away because right as soon as you cut the movie on, the Walt Disney Animation Studios logos even pixelized at the beginning. So I was like, nice touch. I like that. I like it. Chip 2 music comes in. And um, by the way, I love the Ralph, uh, the, the fix of Felix. Yeah, the chip uh, music. Is, is, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes, it's, uh, it's great for that game. And you can download it on Apple Music.
it's just so happy. And like when you get to see Fix It Felix later in the movie, that that music kind of fits his personality. It really does. Yes, it does. He's like, I don't have to do boo. <laughs> he's like, sorry for my language. <laughs> oh, Jack McBrayer. Oh, he's great. So the music, uh, you know, sets it all up for us. Um, and uh, Ralph, he's introducing himself. He goes, my name is Ralph and I'm a bad guy. And I love the arc, uh, the the classic arcade games beside Fix It Felix. So it it shows this arcade way back during the golden era of arcades, and you see Fix It Felix like kind of in the center of the shot, and these other arcade machines, you know, over time as time is fast forwarding, and you see these classic arcade games come and go. You see Pac Man for a little bit, then it's gone. You see some others, and it's gone. Uh, so a lot of great arcade Easter eggs in this in this movie. Yeah, I also love the uh, the Fix It Felix arcade cabinet itself. Kind of reminds me of a classic Donkey Kong cabinet, but it's yellow and blue and white for the primary colors. Have you ever seen those that people have converted like a Donkey Kong cabinet into a Fix It Felix cabinet? I have. I have. Those are now, so is there cool. a Fix It Felix? Yeah, they sure are. Is there a Fix It Felix ROM out there? Like, is there actually a game of this? I think people have ROM hacked it, and like the arcade cabinets have the Fix It Felix. Uh, main ROM hack in them. I know somebody made a version of it for the Sega Genesis. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I've seen bootlegs of that online, uh, and it's just like a Sega Genesis cartridge. It says Fix It Felix on it, and it's got the Fix It Felix game in it. Wow. You know, that that to me would have seemed like such an easy way to make some money too, right? Have an, an actual like 8-bit Fix It Felix game that they could sell with, with the DVD. I'm surprised they never did that. Or you'd think like they would have a fix at Felix cabinet at like Disney World or something. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? When, when we were at Disney World, did you see a lot of Wreck It Ralph stuff? I saw hardly any Wreck It Ralph see stuff. Much Wreck It Ralph. It's kind of like they kind of forgot about it. But I also wonder if it's all the licensed characters too. Like you know, you've got Capcom characters, oh, you've got Namco, yeah. you've got Nintendo, you've got Sega. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, the Chip and Dale movie where there's so many references to so many different properties. I'm like, how do they get away with all that? <laughs> That's a lot of legal yeah. trouble they had to go through. The kind of remind the the Wreck It Ralph kind of reminded me of like you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they had like all the Disney and Looney Tunes and like all the different cartoon yeah. characters together in one movie. That's kind of what Wreck It Ralph is for video games. It's like all the big name mascots, other than mm-hmm. Mario, but he gets referenced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I love the reference that yeah. they make for him. Fashionably late as always. <laughs> yeah, just Mario, he's always fashionably late. But yeah, it's it's kind of like the Roger Rabbit for video games. Yes, I completely agree. That's a good that's a good uh analogy there. So, you know, Ralphie continues his little monologue here and um kind of shows him in his game. He goes, "Hey, you moved my stump." You know, which <laughs> the Nicelanders, I think they moved his home or something. I can't remember how the story goes, but no wonder Ralph's so cranky. He's got to sleep on a pile of bricks. Yeah, um, I mean, lives so, in a stump. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of rough. So, rough Ralph, he goes, I'm very good at what I do. Probably the best I know. Felix, you know, he's he's nice enough. If you got a magic hammer from your father, I mean, how could, you know, <laughs> you can tell he's definitely <laughs> resentful. He goes, but hey, you know, if you got a magic hammer from your father, how hard could it be to fix things? But then he gets to the kind of the crux of the point. He goes, you know, when Felix does a good job, he gets a medal. Do Wreckers get medals? To that, I say, ha! I mean, no, as in, we don't. Once again, kind of going back to it, there's a great flashback with a progression of time, you know, 30 years ago. So this movie was released in 2012, so that would have been 1982. 
man, the golden era of arcades. I love all the games that, that come and go while miraculously Fix-It Felix does remain. And then Ralph even says, you know, asteroids, poof, gone. Centipede, who knows where that guy is. Look, a steady arcade game's nothing to sneeze at. I'm very lucky. It just becomes hard to love your job when no one seems to like you for doing it. That's a great, great line right there. That's an awesome line. And that's a line for the adults watching the movie, I feel like. Yes, I agree. There's a lot of lot of heart in this in this movie and uh you know, that we definitely get there when Vanellope shows up, but uh finally we get a cut to the present time and I really like this intro. You know, it's neat to see how many of the the classic uh recognizable games, you know, come and go throughout the years. And um you know, it kind of made me think too. I wonder how many arcades out there were actually active like for real, like real arcades out there were actually active from 1982 all the way to 2012. I can't imagine there were many. I don't think there were many, man. I don't think there's many left. I agree with you. That and that. Well, I'll, I'll save. Like I said, I'll save part three, <laughs> my <laughs> my dream booking part three movie idea for later. But it's kind of it has something to do with that. But but I love Mr. Lipwack. Doesn't he remind you of? Um, the Twin Galaxies ref, the super nice guy. Yeah. What is his name? I'm blanking on it. Oh, Walter Day. Walter Day. He kind of reminds you of that. Doesn't he? Yeah, from uh, King of Kong. I love Walter Day. He's like the nicest guy ever. And, and little inside baseball. Walter Day had at one point agreed to come on our podcast. And um, I don't know what happened. and It just kind of fell through. Uh, but one day, you never know. Oh, no pun intended there, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't mean to do that. So, okay, now this part is great. So I love the idea of all the arcade characters quitting after a hard day's work while the arcade's closed. And this reminds me of Toy Story so much. Oh, my gosh, yes. Doesn't it? It's great. They do their job throughout the day, and then they live their own lives off shift. Just love the zoom in of Fix-It Felix. The animation really holds up. Felix and all the nice landers, they go to their beautiful home while poor Ralph literally has to go to his dump. And Ralph says, you know, I can't complain too much. I got my bricks. I've got my stump. And I love how he's resting on a pile of bricks. And yet he pulls one single brick from behind his back. <laughs> oh, Ralph. Uh, never change. Yeah. But he goes, you know, and then he gets to the final problem here. He goes, but if I'm really honest with, I'm, with myself, I see Felix up there getting pat on the back by people so happy to see him getting pie. And I think, man, must feel nice to be the good guy. So finally, we see that as Ralph was saying all this, he's at a Badanon meeting, which is great in itself. I love this. I love and that. The, the slogan is, yeah, the slogan's one game at a time. I love it. <laughs> uh, and you see all these classic bad guys. Do you remember some of the bad guys that were there? M. Bison was there. Bowser was there. The ghost from Pac-Man was there. Uh, yeah, it's great. Zangief was there. Oh, he was, Street Fighter. he's got some great ones. <laughs> was Dr. Robotnik there? I can't remember if Robotnik was there or not. I'm pretty sure he is. I don't think he says anything, but he, I'm pretty sure he's there. I, I, know say, I, think, he's just kinda, I think he's just kind of there as a like a background character. Isn't there like a zombie? Yeah. Isn't there like a zombie there too? Yep. Yep. And um, <laughs> and Satine, right? Remember when Ralph's like, hey, thanks, Satan. Uh, Satine. Satine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love I love Zangief. He's trying to be encouraging to Ralph too. He's like, I'm Zangief. I'm bad guy. And everyone's like, hi, Zangief. He's like, I realize in moment of clarity that who will crush men's skulls like Sparrow's egg other than me? I say, Gang- Zangief, you are a bad guy, but this does not mean that you are a bad guy. 
<laughs> I love and that. Ralph's like, I'm, wait, what? <laughs> I love that. I'm a bad guy, but that does not mean I am a bad guy. <laughs> and then zo- the zombie goes like, yeah, Zangie's saying labels don't make you happy. Good, bad, you must love you. And that's an ongoing theme in this in this movie. It's great. I uh, love the so- the cyborg guy. He pulls out the zombie's heart, and it's a, he goes like, it's all about what's inside. And then finally the ghost asks Ralph why he's decided to join the Badenon on this particular day. And that's when Ralph reveals that his game is turning 30 years old. Ralph, he finally gets to the crux of it all by saying, here's the thing. I don't want to be a bad guy anymore. And, uh, oh, and everyone freaks everybody out. out. Meeting. <laughs> yeah. I love the Pipe Man ghost. Yeah, right. He turns blue, right? <laughs> he goes, wait, 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 wait. And then Bison goes, you're not going turbo, are you? Which was great. A little Street <laughs> uh, Fighter Turbo reference there. I loved it. Finally, you know, they, they all close out with the meeting and they, they chant the, uh, the the end mantra, I'm bad and that's good. I will never be good and that's not bad. There's no one I no one else I'd rather be. And that comes into play a little bit later on in the movie. I love that line. So uh, I love the fact that they go through power lines to go to and from each arcade game. That was such a brilliant idea. And then they're... That was a cool idea. Yeah, right. It's almost like an airport vibe when they get to the surge protector. And there's literally a guy that's called yeah. the surge protector that protects each, you know, border, I guess. Do you have anything to declare? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there anything to declare? I hate you. I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I love the whole world inside the surge protector. That is that is just awesome. What a cool concept. So Ralph, you know, he gets Game Central to- Station. Oh, it's great. And then, you, you know, as they're in the surge protector, it shows the titles of all the other games that are plugged into that surge protector. And you can kind of go through each one. And Ralph, he smuggled a cherry from Pac-Man uh, to give to poor Cubert, who is homeless. Poor Cubert uh, doesn't have a game anymore. So he's kind of hanging out in the surge or the Aww. surge protector. So I feel sad. bad for Cubert. Yeah, yeah. And he talks like Cubert in the game. That blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right, right. I love that where he does the Cubert talk. Okay, so so I gotta say this. I just now played Cubert for the first time just a few years ago. I had never played it before I'm when I was a kid. Don't even know if I'd ever seen a cabinet before, but I finally saw one. I'm pretty sure it was either at the Pinball Arcade or the arcade that you took me to. The the one that was open all night that one night. Yeah. I'm pretty the sure there's a Cubert there. Barcade, yep. I think so. Yeah, so that, that was super fun. I love that game, and I, that's one I'd love to play more of. So anyways, so during this time, Ralph, you know, he decides, maybe he sees that there, there's fireworks going on by his house, and he's like, well, you know, maybe I could crash the party. I love cake. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he knocks, and of course, Fix-It Felix, he's cutting a rug, he's dancing like crazy, and Ralph knocks on the door and says, hey, ooh, ooh. Yeah, fix it, Felix. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I love the little dance he does too. Uh, oh, it's great! I mean, telling you, you know, the yeah, little hammer the dance. Nice they... <laughs> so as Ralph, you know, he looks at the cake. He starts arguing with the citizens because he doesn't understand why he's at the bottom of the apartment all alone without a medal. And then I think uh, Gene, one of the nice landers, says, "If you win a medal, we'll let you live here in this penthouse. But it's never going to happen because you're a bad guy." So Ralph, he gets so angry at uh, Gene here that he smashes the cake and pledges that he's going to get a medal himself despite what everyone else thinks. So you fast forward a little bit, and poor Ralph has no idea how he's going to get that medal, and he asks 
um, Tapper from Tappers, which of course <laughs> I cannot remember the guy's real name. His name doesn't isn't actually Tapper, but that's okay. You know, these are my new details. But of course, Al one Bundy. of my favorite arcade games. Yes, we'll call him no, Al Bundy. Stan, eh? Stan Bundy. Stan, yeah. So, so Tapper, he says that Ralph is lucky to dig through the lost and found, and that's when he finds, of course, Zangie's underwear for whatever reason. And then uh, <laughs> he runs into this soldier that is so burned out and crazy from fighting bugs in his game that when he sees a cockroach on Ralph's shoulder, he passes out. So Ralph, you know, he's like, oh, this is my chance. He decides to take the, the soldier's uniform to head to the soldier's game, which is called Hero's Duty. <laughs> I love that name. And Ralph's loving it, right? Yeah, so he's like, yeah. uh, Calhoun, she shows up. She's like, all right, guys, time to make your mamas proud. And Ralph's like, I love my mama. But he's so freaked <laughs> out by all the side bugs and the action that he stumbled across the screen, breaking his game character, his game's character, excuse me, or the breaking the fourth wall. And the player who's playing Heroes Duty is completely lost. Like, why is this happening? And, of course, Calhoun's Yeah, I think it's glitching out. Yeah. Yeah, Calhoun's like, hey, get back in formation. So Ralph, he's grabbing onto the camera, screaming directly at the player, like, why do games have to be so violent? But meanwhile, the player... <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's great. He has, he's completely in over his head uh, in this new game, and the player's completely confused about what's happening. So Ralph, he sacrifices the player to the Cybugs to save himself, and of course, Officer Calhoun isn't happy about it. She's like, what is our main rule? And he goes, uh, no cuts, no butts, no coconuts? That's right. That's the best rule. Exactly. But also, too, if you die outside of your own game, you can't be brought back. You can only die inside your own game and come back, which is a big part of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about that. So as um, as they're about to reset the game, Ralph decides to go back to the top of the tower to get his medal while the rest of the soldiers are kind of going back to their starting point for the next player to put a quarter in. Meanwhile, uh, the player tries out Wreck-It Ralph, but Ralph is missing. And once again, she's completely confused. Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And I love how Felix is trying to leave the screen to look for Ralph. Ralph. He goes, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Litwack, he comes by, he goes, eh, look like, looks like the game's gone cuckoo, like banana. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you know who Mr. Litwack is? No. You'll never, do you know who does his voice? Mm-mm. Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy, does his voice. No, really? Yeah, really. I, I did not know that. I didn't even know he did any Listen voice to work it in again. Listen to it again. It's it's Al Bundy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that changes everything. That just, that just made this move that made this movie even cooler. <laughs> right. Just when I thought this movie couldn't be any better, you go and tell me something like that. That's amazing. So uh so after Fix It Felix, he gets the um Oh yeah, so the poor game, because Ralph is missing. Uh, Mr. Litwack thinks that the game's broken. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to have to get some of my guys to look at this later. This might be, it might be finally time to put this out the pasture, you know, like my Nana. <laughs> but uh, no. so, oh, so Nana. they put the uh, the out of order sign on this on the screen um, and Fix It Felix, you know, he's looking up at the out of order sign. He's trying to calm all the nice landers down and everything. Like, Don't panic, guys. That's when Kubert shows up to tell Felix that, and, and his crew, that Ralph's gone turbo, which we find out a little bit later what that means. So a mm-hmm. short while later, Felix shows up in Hero's Duty to look for Ralph. But then he meets Calhoun, the future love of his life in high definition. So he's that gushing and everything. Oh, it's great. What a couple those two are. They're great together. 
So meanwhile, Ralph, he's sneaking in the top of Hero's Duty's mountain to get his, his medal. And then he steps on a cyborg, which covers his face alien style as he stumbles into an escape pod. Ralph's transported way, you know, way away from the game, all the way through the terminal and everything, and then ends up going into a different arcade game, which happens to be Sugar Rush. So as as they're flying through Sugar Rush and everything, we see all this this candy themed racing game. All the it's such a colorful, it's uh, cutesy, very cutesy. So so okay, already three money opportunities here or game opportunities. When this movie came out, they could have had a Fix It Felix arcade game that they could have released, or at least, uh, you know, on on uh, like an eShop or something. They could actually have a uh, Wreck It Ralph game, and maybe there is one out there. I've just never played it, just based on the movie. And then you could have had a Sugar Rush game, which would be super fun, and I would play. It was fun. It looks fun. It's a lot like Mario Kart, but without all the Mario characters. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so finally, um, you know, they, they crash the cyborg or cybug sinks into the, some purple pond, and Ralph is stuck in this candy cane tree with his metal on one of his uh, its highest branches. <laughs> and finally, we see Vanellope. She's just kind of hanging out in this, um, you know, candy cane tree, and I love it. She's like, "Are you a hobo?" It's great. My, sometimes my daughter will ask me that. She'll kind of look at me. She'll go, "Are you a hobo?" <laughs> Lola does the same thing. She'll look at, you and look at me and be like, are you a hobo? And I'm like, no, I'm just wearing an old shirt. Come on. <laughs> and of course, Ralph's trying to play it cool, right? Because his medal's hung up on one of the branches. And uh, finally, she's asked, uh, Vanellope's asking some directed uh, questions and making fun of a little bit. And he goes, you're mimicking me. You're mimicking me. And she's like, I wouldn't touch that one branch. He's the candy cane tree inspector. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what his job was. He was inspecting the candy cane trees. That's it. That's it. He's really trying to cover up here. And, of course, Vanellope's pretty smart. And she's like, I wouldn't touch that branch if I were you. It's a double stripe. It's going to disappear. Godoy. <laughs> <laughs> so, eventually, Vanellope grabs the metal, glitches, and then runs off, leaving Ralph angry and confused. Felix and Calhoun, they're talking about how the cybugs are, are viruses that consume everything, and they're on the way to stop the cybugs. And poor Calhoun, she was programmed with the most tragic backstory, which we find out later. I have a point of order here for this. The yeah. people who made Heroes Duty, why would you purposely program a virus into it? <laughs> like, why That's is your why question. is your antagonist purposely purposely a virus? Lola even asked me that. She's like, "Well, the people who made the game, why would they put a virus in their own game?" I'm like, "You've just found a plot hole in the movie, baby." <laughs> she cracked. Yeah, she cracked the code. I'm telling you. <laughs> So back at Sugar Rush, Sour Bill, he introduces King Candy, who will be our main antagonist in this entire thing. Uh, oh, and then it, I love Sour Bill. King Candy. I know, oh. King Candy. Don't put me in your mouth again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your tongue's all rough. <laughs> He's like Mr. Uh, Turpin. <laughs> yeah, he bought, yes, exactly. So Ralph, <laughs> he, he's got a ton of candy stuck on him. He's trying to confront Vanellope, who eventually gets stuck in a cupcake. Uh, Ra- Ralph does. And side note, I love the cop Donut and Eclair. Uh, the, the cops, they are oh, great yeah. in this movie. <laughs> so King Candy, he takes Ralph to his castle and, um, you know, starts talking to him about, uh, you know, why are you here? What are you doing? What do you want? And King Candy tells Ralph that the glitch used his metal to enter the race. So Ralph, he makes his escape while, while the devil dogs are chasing him. And King Candy orders the other racers uh, that, that glitch cannot finish the race. Because if she does... It will make her, I think it was like a roster. She'll be added to the roster. And then once players play as her, they're going to realize she glitches. And then they're going to think something's wrong with the game. And then, you know, 
mm-hmm. big, long, convoluted thing, but we know that King Candy's probably not telling the truth. He's not telling all of He's that. lying. He's a liar. Yes. So uh, Vanellope, she says, um, Ralph stands by and watches poor Vanellope get bullied by the other racers. And this is kind of a gut-wrenching scene where they're all making fun of her. Yeah, she built her own little go-kart, and they tear it all to pieces. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of sad, yeah. Um, and Ralph kind of, for once, he was angry at her, but when he sees her get bullied by everybody else, all the other racers, he feels bad for her and tra- tries to tra- chase them all off. So Vanellope says, okay, I'll tell you what, you need your medal, I can get you that medal, all right, if you can help me get a real go-kart. And that's right around the 45-minute mark there, Hosehead, so if you want to take it from here, all yours, man. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. You can't mess with the program, Ralph. You're not going turbo, are you? Turbo? No, I'm not going turbo. Come on, guys. Is it turbo to want a friend? Or a medal? Or a piece of pie every once in a while? Is it turbo to want more out of life? Yes. Ralph, Ralph, we get it. But we can't change who we are. And the sooner you accept that, the better off your game and your life will be. Hey, one game at a time, Ralph. Now let's close out with the bad guy affirmation. I am bad, and that's good. I will never be good, and that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. Okay, gang, see you next week. Listen, I can't do snacks. Hang in there, Hey, zombie, don't forget your hatchet. There you go. So they uh, they come up with a plan to break into the uh, go-kart making factory, and apparently it was a function of the game that was left out that was left out for testing and i love that because she's like yeah it's something that they were going to have in the game but it didn't make it but it's still here in the code because you know it but it's not part of the the, the main game so i thought that was kind of a cool like mm-hmm. nod to yeah sometimes there's stuff that gets put into games but we don't get to play it because for whatever reason but they they sneak past the <laughs> and i love the little gnome like security guard who's asleep outside the factory (laughs) they go in and ralph helps vanellope you know it's really sweet he helps her make her go-kart and decorate it and make it hers and the little gnome security guard kind of wakes up when he sees the factory smokestacks working kind of overtime making this cart and what does he call himself big papa or something his code name is like big papa (laughs) <laughs> or Paw Patrol or Papa Bear or something. It's like, this is Big Papa. We've got them. They're in the factory. So, you know, at this time, the, the cops and the devil dogs and all the king's men are showing up to get, you know, Ralph and Vanellope. And Ralph's like, well, come on, drive away. And she's like, I don't really know how to drive. <laughs> and he's like, what? You talk about being the greatest racer ever and you can't drive a go-kart? You can't drive? And so he just kind of like pushes her. And uses his hands to kind of propel him, which is really cool. It's very like Flintstones in reverse because he's using his hands instead of his feet to, to get the car to go. And they they run away and she says, wait, I know a part of a of the game that wasn't finished and we can go into there and they'll never find us. And it's like Diet Cola Mountain, which is really cool. 
it's a Diet Cola Mountain volcano, and it's got little Mentos that fall in and make like hot springs. It's really funny. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love that part. And we get a montage of Vanellope learning how to drive and Ralph kind of helping her. And Yeah, Leah, buddy, she, she'll always bust a move at that part. And then I love the, the scene right before that you were saying where it was really kind of touching. It's like Ralph's trying to make the perfect car for her, and he's he thinks he's messing it all up. And he finally, at the end, the car looks awful. And he goes, I'm sorry, kid. Look, I can't make things. I just break but then Vanellope, when she looks at the car, she just goes, I love it. And that was a touching little scene. I love that part right there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then him teaching her to drive. Great stuff, man. But yeah, we have this nice little. Oh, shoot. I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, sorry, out man. Here. You, sorry, man. You were talking about, um, you know, Ralph building building her own track. And then um, I think, yeah. Right after that, I think King Candy starts messing with the code for the game. Yeah, he starts messing with the code, and this whole time Calhoun and Felix are looking for the cybugs, and they go to like a isn't it like a Nesquik, Nesquik quicksand? Yes. And they find they find the bug and like the little like little like grapevine or little red vine uh, licorice thing starts singing like little lovey dovey songs to them. I love that part. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Laffy Taffies? Oh, they're great. <laughs> yeah, the Laffy, it's Laffy Taffy. I don't know why I called them Red Vines. Oh, I've had some Red Vines here lately. They're pretty good. Oh, they are. They are. Have you ever tried the Sweet Tart Ropes? Um, I have not tried the Sweet Tart Ropes. Oh, I think you would like them, my friend, because they're like these, these they're not like Twizzlers, they, they're, but they're Sweet Tarts. They, they're about as long as a Twizzler, but they've got like the sour stuff inside of them. Oh, they're delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Josh Witt. He he brought some over during um uh, one of his visits, and I was like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. And now it's like my favorite candy. But I digress. Yeah, we uh we get to learn about uh, Calhoun's tragic how her tragic backstory was programmed that she was <laughs> going to marry the love of her life, and on her wedding day, the cybugs came in and killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and I know she pulls like a machine gun out of her dress. Yeah, she just pulls like a machine gun, and everybody there just like starts mowing these bugs. And I was like, "How many people show up to a wedding with like machine guns and <laughs> all this other stuff?" Yeah, you were one dynamite gal, one dynamite <laughs> gal. <laughs> but poor little old Felix, he uh, he professes his love for for Calhoun, and she kind of turns him down, and they go their separate ways, and. Felix gets captured by King Candy and Sour Bill and put in jail. While this is going on, you know, Ralph destroys Vanellope's go-kart, which he's good at destroying things. Yeah. I mean, he's got those big old hands, but he destroys them because he doesn't want... Wasn't it he didn't want her to cause the whole game to shut down and everybody to to kind of be erased? Wasn't that the, the whole reason yeah. he did that? All because King Candy lied to him. King Candy's like, oh, you don't understand. I'm trying to help her. And Ralph's like, really? How? If she if she finishes a race, she'll be one of the playable characters. And she has a glitch problem. So if she ends up being one of the playable characters and players choose her and see her glitching, they're going to think there's something wrong with the game. So therefore, the game will get shut down. All the players will be uh, – uh, or excuse me, all the uh, characters in the game will be homeless and then poor Vanellope will die because she's a glitch. She cannot leave the game. Yeah. So 
he's saying all this to Ralph, and Ralph's trying his best to, like, you can tell it's killing him to destroy the car, especially after poor Vanellope, uh, doesn't she make him, him like, this little heart necklace that says to stink brain? Yeah, she does. Like, it's like his little hero's medal. It's, it's shaped kind of like his hero's medal. It's his medal. Yeah, really sweet scene, and then because Ralph's trying to save her from from doing this, actually believing the lie that King Candy's telling him, it's killing him inside. He's got to he's got to destroy the the go kart, and of course, Vanellope cries and everything. It's it's a pretty it's pretty rough. gut wrenching little scene. And and Ralph goes back to to his game after this, mm-hmm. but then he finds out or well, where's Felix? And everybody's like, well, he went to go look for you, and he's like, oh. So he goes back to Sugar Rush and finds out that he's been imprisoned. And I love this scene where Felix is like in the jail at King Candy's and he gets the hammer and he's like, he's like, it might work. I'm going to wreck it. And he hits the bars with his hammer. And instead of like knocking <laughs> the bars down, it makes them thicker and stronger. <laughs> he's like, oh, why do I have to fix everything? He's like, I have to Everything I touch, I fix. Everything I fix. And then... A little bit after that, Ralph kind of just like punches the wall down. He's like, "Hey, there you are! Come on, we got to get back to your game. I don't have to do boo. <laughs> Pardon my potty mouth." <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of have, and him and Felix kind of have a like a moment where like Felix is like, "Yeah, yeah, I know you don't like being the bad guy all the time, but I don't like fixing everything all the time. I don't like being the star all the time." Yeah, they kind of have a a heart to heart, which is really, really cool because they kind of get on the same page, him and Ralph do at this point. Remember when the Calhoun dumps him? He's like, you don't know what I've been through since I've been here. He's like, you don't even know what it's like to be rejected and treated like a criminal. And Ralph goes, yes, I do. That's every day of my life. So, like, you're right. They kind of, like, finally understand each other a little bit. And, you know, it's at this point that Ralph gets an idea with Felix. He's like, wait a minute. I've got an idea. And he takes Felix to where Vanellope's at at the Diet Cola Volcano. And he's like, I've got an idea. He's like, Felix, can you fix her go-kart? And, you know, Ralph kind of apologizes to Vanellope for doing what he did. But, you know, that there's still time to get in the race if they can get the cart fixed. So Felix, using his magic hammer, fixes the go-kart. Mm-hmm. And the race takes place. And the race is really cool. It's kind of like Mario Kart, but with desserts. I really like it. Yeah, yeah, awesome race scene. Awesome race scene. While the race is going on, you know, King Candy's in it and all the other little sugar racer kids that were mean to Vanellope were in it. And Vanellope kind of gets a late start. She's dead last to start with, and she works her way up to the to the front of the pack. During this time, Calhoun comes in, and she's like, you know, we've, we've got a problem. The cybugs have multiplied. And just as soon as she says that, like a swarm of them come up. And you're like, oh, no, what what's going on? And she's like, we have to get everybody out of here because they're going to eat everything in this game and totally destroy it. And, you know, the race is still going on. Vanellope's racing against King Candy and like a Sherbert Mountain. It's kind of like Rainbow Road on Mario Kart, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that scene. I love that scene. But she ends up glitch. She figures out how to use her glitch to her advantage to like go through obstacles and go through people and go around people. And she goes, you know, she passes King Candy 
and he gets eaten by a cybug, which will come up later on. This will be a very important part later on in the story. He gets eaten by a cybug, and so Vanellope, before she can cross the finish line, though, a whole big swarm of cybugs just shoot up out of the track and like kind of flips her cart over to the side, and everybody checks on her to see if she's okay. And this whole time, like... Calhoun and Felix are evacuating all the Sugar Rush people out of the game to the to the game central station because the Cybugs are fixing to destroy their game and, and their world. And this scene right here will get you if if you've got a heart of stone, this will this will at least touch you a little bit, where Ralph is like physically trying to pull Vanellope through the surge protector and she can't go because she's a glitch and it hurts her to try to leave. And she just kind of resigns herself to, you know, being eaten with all the other, all the other parts of the game. Yeah, she's basically and, telling Ralph, "It's like she's like, it's okay, Ralph. Like you go, you know, it's it's gonna be okay." Oh, that's so sad. That, that always gets me where he tries like as big and as strong as he is, he still can't like get her through. Mm-hmm. But he gets the idea. <laughs> After seeing the, you know, he thinks back to Hero's Duty and Calhoun is all always telling him and Felix, there has to be a beacon. If we can get a beacon to get these cybugs into one place and we can destroy them all. And Ralph gets the idea after thinking back and looking at the Diet Cola volcano. He's like, wait a minute, we might have a way to do this. And he gets on a hoverboard and kind of hovers over to the, to the volcano and he lands on all these Minta and he's, you know... He, jump, he gets really, really high up, and he's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to punch the volcano, and everybody's like, but you're gonna, you'll are gonna, you die in the process. You know, it'll it'll blow you up. And, you know, he, he's okay with that. He's like, you know, if it saves the kid, I'm okay with it. And if it saves everybody else, I'm okay with it. And he jumps out of the, the hoverboard, like, way up above the volcano, and he, he does the, the bad guys, what I call the bad guys creed. I'm a bad guy, yeah. and that's okay. And then, you know, right before he, he's able to land the, the punch on the on the Mentos to knock all the Mentos down into the volcano, a big cybug knocks him out of the way before he can get to the Mentos, and it's King Candy and a cybug mixed together. Yeah. Creepy. It's creepy. That will give you nightmares if you watch that at night. It, it's crazy. It's like a yeah. bug with like a big clown, like almost a clown face on it. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you've ever played Arkham Asylum, but the the Batman game. But I remember I love that at game. the very end, the last. Oh yeah, you remember the the last boss fight where uh, Joker has been mutated? That's yeah, kind of what King Candy looks like here. He kind of <laughs> looks like it. Yeah, he's kind of like Joker on the Venom. He's crazy looking. Yes, but he comes by and he tells Ralph, you know that. He's not the only one that's jumped games and that, you know, he now that he's merged with the Cybug, he's going to take all the games in the arcade offline just like they did his game. And he flashes them in it and Ralph and Felix both go, no way. And you find out that King Candy was actually Turbo from, a, from another game a long time ago. And that's what people meant by going Turbo, where you jump into another game to avoid being shut down with your game and shutting other games down. He had been in, what had he been in? He'd been in road blasters. Yeah. He'd like jumped over into road blasters and glitched it out. 
and he was going to do the same thing with uh, Sugar Rush. And they fight, and they they beat around on each other, and finally Ralph hits the the Mentos hard enough to to lodge it free, and a whole like the whole top of the mountain is Mentos, and it starts falling toward this uh, the Diet Cola in the bottom. Mm-hmm. King Candy flies away, and Ralph's just kind of you know resigned himself to like, yeah, I'm gonna die now, and he looks at the little metal little heart metal that vanellope gave him and he kind of just holds it to his chest as he die as he's getting ready to die yes i was gonna say when he does the whole creed i'm bad and that's good i'll never be good and that's not bad and, and that's not no bad i'd rather be than me vanellope, oh, look at that it's your little friend let's watch her die together shall we no <laughs> it's game over for both of you no. Just for me. Ralph! Vanellope! I'm bad. And that's good. I will never be good, and that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. Oh, man, what a great delivery right there. Great reference to the line from the very beginning of the movie. And, like, he doesn't even care at this point if whether he lives or dies. He's going to sacrifice himself to save Vanellope. I love this part. And as as soon as the Mentos is kind of even with the little track that he had built for Vanellope inside the mountain, you see her drive by and, like, get get, like, he falls into the car and he's like, what? Where'd you come from? And she's like, it's okay. I've got it under control. And she can like glitch around <laughs> stuff at will now. And it's so cool. And the, the Mentos falls into the Diet Coke. And you know, the old saying, if you drop Mentos into Diet Coke, it makes a volcano. Well, it makes a volcano here. And all the cybugs see the bright light and kind of just turn to <laughs> it. Kind of like bugs going to a bug zapper. And King Candy's like, where are you all going? We've got other games to conquer. Come on. And he like sees the light. And he keep he just kind of turns around and just like, he's like, no, no, I'm not going into the light. No. And then he like goes in and he gets fried. It 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 kills him and it kills all the cybugs. And like everybody's just kind of standing around, like, well, what do we do now? And uh Vanellope's like, I've got an idea. And she's like, can you can and they look at Felix? They're like, "Can you fix the finish line in the track?" And he's like, "Sure." And he gets his little hammer and he fixes the finish line. And they flip her go kart over and push it across the the finish line. And when Vanellope goes across the finish line, it resets the code in the game to where it was supposed to have been before Turbo King Candy messed with it. And you find out that Vanellope was always in the game that Turbo had mess with the programming to cut her out and she was the queen yeah. of sugar rush yes yes and uh, th- that's like um uh when ralph went back to his his game and he was trying to look like i think the he was looking up at this the i guess screen of his game and the the flyer was like tilted and he looks over and he looks at the um sugar rush arcade cabinet across the room and he sees vanellope's portrait on the side and that kind of makes him think wait a minute why would Vanellope be on the the side of the cabinet if she was never meant to exist? 
And that's yeah. why he confronted King Candy in the first place. So now she's finally the princess that she was always supposed to be now that she's crossed the finish line. Yeah, and it, you know, she, I love how she's all like, and now we're going to have an execution. And she was like going to be mean <laughs> to all the all the bullies that were mean to her. And she's like, ah, oh, I'm just messing with you. Come on. And then, you know, the you find out, you know, Ralph and Penelope have a little moment where, you know, they they talk and, you know, everybody's all happy and everybody didn't die. And just, you know, <laughs> it's just it's just happy time. And Felix is like, hey, brother, um, arcade's getting ready to open. We got to get back to our game. And so everybody goes back to their games and Mr. Litwack comes in and he pulls the I love the the out of order sign. It's like a computer with like a like a heat bag on its sad head face. and a thermometer. Yeah, and a sad face. Like yeah. it's sick. <laughs> he pulls that off and he's like, Hey, the old girl's working again. All right. And you know, you see Ralph and Felix and the the end of it's really good because it ends yeah. you don't know that he's doing this, but he's at the Badenon meeting telling everybody about his adventure. And he pretty much, you know, says, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a bad guy. I've come to kind of accept that. But long as that little kid thinks I'm a good guy, that's all that matters. It's a, it's such a good movie. Hey, Ralph's back. Isn't that great? <laughs> the gang's all here. So I'm happy to report and you'll be happy to hear. I'm taking life one game at a time. Of course, the job hasn't changed, but newsflash, the Nicelanders are being nice to me. And you know, that got me thinking about those poor guys left without a game. So here's what we did. We're going to wreck it! We asked them to help us out on the bonus levels. Yeah! We can fix it! I'm telling you guys, we haven't been this popular in years. It's crazy. The gamers say we're retro, which I think means old but cool. Oh, and I decided that living in the dump wasn't making me feel very good, so I cleaned it up, built myself a little shack, and a couple for the new guys, too. Well, with a little help from Felix. Oh, and guess who was the best man at his and Calhoun's wedding? That's right, my friends, old Ham Hands himself. Very elegant affair. Should have seen it. A lot of grandeur. And not a single bug. And let's just say... Some tears were shed. But I gotta say, the best part of my day is when I get thrown off the roof. Because when the Nicelanders lift me up, I get a perfect view of Sugar Rush. And I can see Vanellope racing. Yes! The kid's a natural. And the players love her, glitch and all. Just like I knew they would. Turns out I don't need a medal to tell me I'm a good guy. Because if that little kid likes me, how bad can I be? Oh, man. When he's being like, so at the very end, when he's going through the motions, and he's okay with being a bad guy now, right? And all the nice landers, they're being nice to him now. But during the day when he's in character... And they get on top of the building, and they're about to throw Ra- Ralph off. He can actually see Vanellope in her game, and he just always grins anytime he can see her. And it's great. They kind of lock eyes for a split second. 
uh, and like you said, there he's at the band not meeting, just saying, you know, if I matter to that one girl, that's that's all that matters. I I I love this movie. I love this movie. It's good. It's, it's probably. Oh, and then the end credits aren't they great too? Just oh, the, the end way credits they did are that awesome. Oh, fantastic with all the pixel art and everything. And then um, When Will I See You Again by Al City. I am a huge Al City fan. I never even heard of these guys until um, I, I saw the movie. Then I downloaded every one of their albums. And if you love techno-y, upbeat music like this song at the end credits, go check out all of his albums. Um, Cinematic, the one he released in 2018, is fantastic. Here's a song on there called Fiji Water that is like an earworm, but it's so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I love everything about this movie. I This is one of my favorite movies ever. You know, I never get tired of this one. What about you? I'm the same way. It's got the right amount of heart, the right amount of comedy, the right amount of, you know, video game fan service to video game fans looking for Easter eggs. I mean, it, it's it's one of the best Disney movies, I believe, ever. I, I agree with you. I agree. And I think it's due for one more movie. And and Ooh. think about you were saying it earlier in the in the show. Arcades are, you know, barcades do help and they're they're still surviving because of those. But how cool would it be if they did one more where there's the threat that Mr. Litwack's gonna finally have to shut down the arcade? What would the video game characters do then? I don't know. I think that they they've know. got one more movie in them. Um if they're willing to do that, I think it, I, do you ever think we'll get another one? I don't know if we'll ever get another one. I just, I don't know the, the second one, we may get another one. I don't know. The second one to me was kind of the, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it here. The the second one to me is kind of like the dad seeing the kid go off to college the way it ends. Yes. Yes, I agree. And they I have agree. to, and they have Which to be okay sad. with it. Yeah, they have to be okay with it because they know, well, my kid's happy. They're they're doing what they want to do. They're studying what they want to study. They've got to do a third one, but I don't know how they do it. I I don't know that. Like you said, the having to try to save the arcade would be a good one. Because Ralph kind of did some of that in Ralph Breaks the Internet with the viral videos and the raising money mm-hmm. to get the the steering wheel from Japan or whatever it was for sugar right, rush right or, or or maybe like they they don't they don't even get to save the arcade maybe the arcade does close down and they've got to find a way to survive somewhere else maybe in mm-hmm. somebody's home or something i don't know what you would do there um but i think there's there's one more in there somewhere but i don't know i don't know I just I'm not ready to say goodbye to these characters that they're they're beloved and I think with the right writing there could be a, an easily another heartfelt episode if if they're willing to do it and I'm sure the money's there. Oh, any any last thoughts about Wreck-It Ralph, man? I love this movie. Just if you've not ever seen it, go watch it. And if you've got kids, watch it with them because they'll they'll enjoy it too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's definitely a kid-friendly movie. It's a ton of fun. If you love arcade games this this is the movie for you there are so many little easter eggs i loved all the characters all wrapped up in one movie i love the tapper scene <laughs> just because that's one of my favorite arcade games ever but <laughs> it's just a just a like you said beautiful blend of heart comedy uh it's just a gorgeous movie the action scenes were great i 
you know, I, I have nothing negative to say about this movie at all. Could not encourage you guys enough to go check this one out if you haven't already. Um, I wish there were a bunch of Wreck-It Ralph toys. I would buy them. No joke. <laughs> I remember when they had the Wreck-It Ralph so, hands. They were like the big Hulk hands, but they were Wreck-It Ralph hands. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, so, guys, thank you so much. And, um, you know, if there's anybody out there that has been listening for 10 years, we thank you so much for all the transitions, all of the, the craziness of it all. Um, you know, all like the shenanigans. Glenn and I have... <laughs> Yes, yes. Like Lynn and I have said, it's just this. This is this is just a great vehicle for Lynn and I to hang out and and reminisce and relive some some old times and create some new memories. Um, super excited to hang with you in a couple of days, Lando. Yeah, and, no, uh, I'm excited about that. I'm gonna have to clean up though. Uh, my room, my room's a mess. Oh man, <laughs> don't you man, don't clean up for me. Jeez, yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, hey, Mountain Dew cams everywhere. That's all right. Oh yeah, man, no judgment here. Hey, speaking of which, we got to get some wings, eh? Heck yeah. Hey, so let, let, let's do this. Let, let's close out the show talking about the wings we might order at O'Malley's next time or stands. So mm. uh, so what type of wings are you going to have to close out another episode of the Retro Junkie Super Show, my friend? Either the Orange Glaze or the Dry Rub Ranch. Ooh. Those are my two favorites. <laughs> Buddy, I know this is really, really boring of me to say, but there are two of my favorites as well, and that sounds wonderful. So that sounds good. Um, so guys, I almost forgot. You can always send us an email. Our email is trjsupershow at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Our hoser hotline. Oh boy. I know we have a new one and I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's in our show notes. So go ahead and just check those out. If you ever want to <laughs> give us a call. It's not 1-800-HOSER. No, no. Yeah, that was already taken, eh? By, Bob, <laughs> by our friends Bob and Doug. <laughs> it was already taken by your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but guys, we thank you so much for listening. Landon had a blast as always, my friend. And uh, oh, me too, man. I enjoyed the heck out of this. Oh, me too, man. And uh, guys, on behalf of Landon and myself, uh, here's to hope you enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, and a giant bowl of dry rub ranch and orange glaze wings. Good day and good gaming. away for a toilet emergency. Now, I don't know if he caused it, but my money is on him that he caused it. And then he, he tried to blame one of the kids. He's like, oh, no, no, I didn't back the toilet up. It was, it was Lyra. And it's like, man, a little girl can't make nothing like that. Come on, man. Don't throw your kid under the bus. I'm not very lively right now. Like I told Rob, I just got through out in the yard. Kind of tired from that because I'm fat and out of shape. And apparently mowing my yard is an Olympic sport. 
dude, somebody just broke wind in my house and it sounded like a freight train. My money's on the kid, dude. She can she can power blast when she needs to. Maybe the dog, you know, the dog's laying here asleep beside me, and you know, when she gets sleepy, she kind of fires them off as well. Bet you Rob is elbow deep in a duty toilet right now that he backed up trying to get it unclogged. He filled her full. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. <laughs> What'd you do? Back it up? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It just kept running, apparently. So I just got the water supply off of it for now, and I'll figure it out later. No big deal. Maybe your float. Mine, mine used to do that, and I put a new float in it, and it fixed it. Really? Yep. Huh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look into that, because, you know, they, these toilets are old. They're, they're the ones that came with the house. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've replaced the handle several times, but I bet, I bet you that's what it is. Those floats aren't very hard. Yeah, yeah, they're not, they don't look like they'd be too expensive. They're, they're not hard. You just gotta. The, the big thing with that is you've got to drain the the toilet tank and then cut the water off to where it doesn't fill back up, and then take all that internal stuff out and put new in. Oh, uh, well, that doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> it's not horrible. So. It's not horrible. But I need to do that on ours. Ours sounds like a freight train taking off. Like it has a real high pitch, like whistle. <laughs> And I'm like, eh, I mean, I'm not paying 20 bucks to get new, you know, insides to take care of a whistle. Mm -hmm. I'll just make it sound like freight trains come through every time I go. <laughs> it's kind of um, kind of energetic, you know. It kind of gets you, gets you fired up. <laughs> yeah, gets you fired up. <laughs> like, all right, all aboard. <laughs> well, all aboard the bullet train. Man, my mouth is killing me tonight. Um, what I, uh, I don't know if I... I don't know. I, well, I have this one tooth that's got like kind of a jagged edge to it, and it's scraping against my tongue like constantly. It's been cutting my tongue, and it feels awful. I know i got to go to the dentist, but golly, I don't want to pay that. I don't want to pay that bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could always get somebody with like a rotary tool to like put a sanding bit on it and like grind it down. Yeah, you're right. Hey, man, I'm, I'm coming to your house soon. Well, I've got a, I've got like a rotary tool. We'll, we'll video it. Mate. We'll make a million dollars. Like my name's Landon, and uh, I'm on I'm on round my my friend's tooth off. Ah. Like, Hi, everybody! Ah! <laughs> Is there supposed to be this much blood uh. in my mouth? Oh yeah, that's just standard standard oh, yeah. blood. That, that's that's standard, standard procedure. <laughs> I was like, I'm starting I'm starting to black out a little bit. Is is that normal too? Yeah, that's normal. That that just means you're having such a good time. You you're having such a good time. Your body can't stand it. <laughs> oh goodness yeah um but yeah man how, how have you been doing like uh chew <laughs> oh that's terrible i forgot it. yeah the, i forgot the angry teacher that has like the messed up hair what did you say <laughs> i forgot about her that was miss crabtree oh, i forgot all about Sit her down <laughs> i know teachers like that <laughs> All right, all right. So I'll take us in there, Jose. All, all right. right. <clears throat>
I remember when they had the Wreck-It Ralph hands. They were like the big Hulk hands, but they were Wreck-It Ralph hands. Oh, that's right. That's right. Man, could you imagine uh, JW and uh, uh, Drew or somebody boxing with those hands? Somebody would have got knocked the into days? the bicycles at, at Walmart again. <laughs> Dude, I had not thought about that until you said that. Oh, my gosh. Hulk boxing. Remember? Yes, the early days. They would beat the crap out of each other. And they'd get up and they'd just keep going. You remember JW got a bloody nose. I remember that. I remember. Hey, remember the boxing match in the garage? Oh, I sure do. That's on somebody's tape somewhere. (laughs) I think me and you were like running the video camera. And I I had a broke arm and me and you were just kind of announcing. And we're like, oh, going in with a uh, right cross there. Oh, he ate that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, quick, quick side story, guys. So, uh... I, I remember that day perfectly. It, it was on a Friday. It was close to the end of the year. We were over at your house first, and you and I were just playing some um, video games. I think we were playing Ocarina of Time. I think that was the same night that I watched you beat it. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, after I watched you beat it, remember uh, Jeremy and Delicato came over, and he said, man, I'm, I'm getting a little nervous because there was some heat between Jeremy and one of our other friends, Lynn, at the time. Yeah. And they were really going to like fight it out in this boxing match together, and hopefully by the end, be cool with each other. And that's kind of what happened. So a little later on, we meet over at a friend's house, and uh, you and I were just kind of there just to hang out, I think. But Yeah, uh, I remember I remember that the ring, the ring was duct tape. And there was like <laughs> blue, there was blue painter's tape in one corner for the blue corner. And then there was like, like duct tape with like red marker colored on it for the red corner. And oh, uh, I remember... Uh, Wes Ash was the referee because he had, he had actually had oh boxing. I forgot he was there. Wes had uh, boxing training like he had actually trained to box and had fought in a couple of fights and he was he said I'll be the referee I'll, I'll ref the matches and uh, yeah and we video and like me and you were the videotapers and I was I the timekeeper yeah and Baker Baker and I <laughs> were doing the commentary like he was he was the play by play and I was the color guy. And, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I'll never forget. Lynn made us watch his fight five times after. I'm like, hey, Lynn, look, look what I did right here. Look what I did here. Oh, man, I crossed his eyes right there. I'm like, dude, you showed us that same clip like five times. We know you beat him up. <laughs> oh, I bet you Lynn's got that somewhere. That's that's sitting in the clouds of somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, we had the three matches. We had Lynn and Delcado. JW and Drew was the match of the night, I felt like. Because they Maybe. went the full they I went the full it was uh five uh three minute rounds. And they went the mm-hmm. full they went the full fifteen minutes. And they both yeah, had they like did. blood just pouring out of their noses and like busted lips and like eyes were swelling shut and I'm like and, and, and neither one of them was gonna give up because we're like, dude, if you wanna quit, you can quit in there and I'm like, no, I'm going, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, Alright, cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and I, then, I forgot about that, yeah. Do you remember who the third fight was? Uh, no, no. Wes and Casey Webster. Oh, I forgot about that too, yeah. I think Wes uh, crossed Casey's eyes a few times. He hit Casey's hard one time. Casey like held up his hands. He's like, dude, you win. I, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> so like, we took the video up. Were you with us when we took the video up to Casey's house and showed his dad? I don't think so. I don't remember that. Oh my gosh! So we took it up and showed Casey's dad. 
And you know what? You know Casey's dad was just like Casey, oh, but yeah. like old, old version. He goes, well, I'll tell you what you did wrong right there, Casey. You dropped your guard every three seconds. That's why he's punching you in the face. If you'd kept your guard up, you might have done something. <laughs> that sounds like something your dad would say. <laughs> he did. He said, you got to quit dropping your guard. Ah, there you go. You dropped it right there. Oh, man. He, he, was, he was a funny guy. I liked Casey's dad. <laughs> he, he was a good old dude, man. I think I think we we did the fights, and some of the guys went to a campsite that somebody had. The guys who would all fight were like, yeah, we're going to the campsite. We're going to drink a little bit. This stuff's not any fun. It hurts. And I'm like, yeah, you probably need to go get drunk so you can't feel anything. And me and you and Lynn <laughs> went back up to his house and watched Jackass the movie. <laughs> did we? Did that? Man, we, that was a busy night. Yeah, because Lynn's like, hey guys, my mom and dad got jackass at the uh, at the video store. You guys want to come up and watch it? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do remember that. I was tired. Yeah, I, I remember. I, see, that's so funny because I thought they were all separate nights. But no, I remember it was that all now. One night. Yeah, you're right. And then that was we went. All one, and, no wonder I was so tired. And then me and you and Lynn loaded up and went to the campsite to see how the other guys were doing, and they were so wasted, like they couldn't feel anything. It's like, dude. <laughs> You need to quit drinking because, like, drinking and, and concussions aren't good. They don't mix. Oh, they're going to wake up feeling so bad tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember you're like, man, they're going to be feeling that tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, let's not hang around. <laughs> so, like, me and you and yeah. him, like, left and went and did something else. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That was a fun night. That was a, that was a great time. But, you know, what the funny thing is my favorite part was watching you beat Ocarina of Time. <laughs> It's like, yeah, those fights were cool. The boxing was pretty cool, but that was my favorite part. When you fought Ganon, that was awesome. (laughs) That was awesome. Uh, Yeah, because we were eating oatmeal pies in in your room watching watching you play Ocarina of Time. That was a good Mm, time. Oatmeal pie would be good. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Uh, Well, uh, guys, on that side note, (laughs) (laughs) we thank you so much. Boy, that was a 30-minute tangent. Hey, that that was wonderful. Wonderful. That's the kind of quality you can expect from us, eh? (laughs) 